For 73 years they were married, until that came to an end, as last weekend began. Prince Philip, married to Queen Elizabeth, died peacefully two months from his 100th birthday. He was described as his wife's strength and stay. The longest-serving consort of a reigning British monarch had been in poor health for some time. He recently had a heart procedure, spending weeks in London hospitals. He had quit driving not long ago after an accident driving a Land Rover, forcing him to give up his license. He was the only man I ever loved, Queen Elizabeth told her father, the king, as they married in 1947. Two days before he died, I'm reminded of a letter I received from a recent widow who lost her husband a year before. She wrote me, Jesus continues to meet my needs as I trust in him. He reminds me over and over that he is a friend, closer than a brother. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're starting a new series this week called Heaven on Earth. songs about heaven. Most of them get it wrong, though I do like the title of this 1987 hit song from Belinda Carlisle, Heaven is a Place on Earth. And though she was singing about romantic love, the Bible does teach that heaven will come to earth when Christ comes to make all things new. But even Christians struggle with this idea. For too many years, a cartoon version of heaven has been given to us, that it's a place full of white, fluffy clouds and boring harp music. It's caused many to think, I don't want to go there. It sounds pretty dull. Well, in the next few minutes, I want to expand our imaginations. I want to look at what the Bible teaches about heaven and the new world to come. And I couldn't think of anyone better to do that than my friend, Elise Fitzpatrick. I will be Elise and Charles, you will be Charles and we'll know each other, but we'll also be better. Somehow our bodies will be what they should have been mm. before the fall. Elise will be joining us again in a moment to talk about some very exciting, heart-stirring truths about the afterlife that made me say, Lord, come quickly. You need to hear this program today. And then afterwards, I want to send you a copy of Elise's book called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. This book does a wonderful job of exploring what the Bible really teaches about heaven and the afterlife and how we should live now in the light of what's to come. Read this book and your heart will soar with hope and joy. Call us after the program. Make your gift to the ministry and ask for a copy of the book called Home by Elise Fitzpatrick. Our number is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us at haventoday.org. You can make your gift there. Our website, once again, is haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have the feature film Risen for your gift to the ministry. And now, let's open our program, Haven Today, with Nicole Sponberg. This old earth is fading. 
Welcome to Haven Today. We're going back to a friend of mine who we haven't had on the air in a number of years, but she has written probably one of the best books ever written on heaven. Elise Fitzpatrick. You've got a theological bent. You're a Christian counselor. Uh, you speak at conferences all over the place, but I want to welcome you back to Haven today. Thank you, Charles. That's so kind of you. I'm so happy to be with you. Over this last year, when death has touched more of us than probably ever before, uh, old and young alike, would you just talk to me about the concept that you have taught and written on, that heaven is our real home? Yeah, this has been a year when I would suppose if we were ever going to be thinking about heaven, it would have been now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm thankful to have the opportunity. I think that for many of us, we, when we think about heaven, we either think that it's something so nebulous, so mm, up in the sky somewhere, who knows, mm-hmm. that it doesn't really resonate with us. We also, many of us, have gotten fairly bad teaching, perhaps not from the pulpit, but from popular books about uh, what the afterlife will be like. And um, then, of course, for many of us, we we just feel like, well, I, you know, I'm going to make it through today and then I'm okay, and I just got to worry about what I got to do today. And And we don't think about the fact that, in fact, most of us really are suffering from something I call homesickness, Mm. that we're really longing for the place that we were meant to be. And this isn't it. Mm. I mean, if there's Mm. ever been a year when we knew that this isn't it, this isn't it. Um, But we, we long for that. But a lot of times we, we don't let ourselves lament the way we should. We don't let ourselves think about it. And because we don't let ourselves think about it, then we cram all sorts of stuff into our lives social media, Netflix, food, I don't know, (laughs) whatever, we cram all this stuff into our lives because we have this sense that things aren't right and that we need to, we belong somewhere else. And yet um, we're not really quite sure where that is. Mm. You know, my wife and I were talking about this before we did our interview. She pointed out something that you just touched on. There is so much in Scripture that does talk about the Lord's return. There really isn't a lot of detail about heaven and what heaven will be like. But what do we have in the Scripture? Just, you know, what are a few places, you know, in Scripture that would talk about what heaven will really be like? So what we want to do is we want to, again, talk about the fact that there's two different stages of the afterlife. So let's, let's use those words. Okay. Two different stages of the afterlife. The first stage is what we would call the intermediate state. Mm-hmm. And that's the place where when Jesus is on the cross, he mm-hmm. says to the thief, today, right now, today, after our death, you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. Now, that word paradise actually means, in the Greek, a, a beautiful walled garden, okay? Mm. So, in the, in the intermediate state, we are disembodied, 
Okay. Which is why Paul talks about, you know, leaving this tent Mm -hmm. or longing to be clothed with a new body. He talks about those things. Paul talks about those things. And so in the intermediate state where we go, when we die, my mother died in uh, November of Mm. this last year. And I was with her when she died. Um, And we watched her take her last breath. And then I knew that even though her body was still there, her spirit, her inner person, her soul was with Jesus. With the Lord. In paradise. Yes. Okay. So that's beautiful. That's wonderful. Then that's where we stay, Charles. We stay there until Jesus, who is in heaven right now, returns to the earth. And that's called the second resurrection, our (laughs) resurrection, when Jesus comes to the earth and we get our bodies back. Mm. (laughs) So that, that is when he comes back to the earth and the new heavens and and heaven and earth are remade to be what they should have been originally without the curse of sin. And our bodies are remade, which quite frankly, I'm really looking forward to. I'm ready for it too, Elise. (laughs) You know, we're having you on just Easter was a little more than a week ago, and we've been talking about the resurrection and these resurrected bodies that will be as Jesus' resurrected body. We, We do have a little bit of scripture there that helps us out on that too. What's it going to be like? And like you, I'm ready for that new body. I feel this body that's wasting away every day right now. Yeah. So like 1 Corinthians 15, that's, you know, that's the premier passage on the resurrection of the body. Mm-hmm. It's 1 Corinthians 15. So let me, let me try to, let me try to illustrate what Paul is saying there, because he says that the mortal body is like a seed and it's planted in the ground and then it's rebirthed in immortality. Mm-hmm. So here's a for instance. I like to walk at a park here in Southern California that has a lot of eucalyptus trees. Very mm-hmm. tall, beautiful trees. They're like 50 feet tall at least. And all over the ground are these very strange looking little seed pods. Okay, they're brown, they're crusty, they're weird looking. Those eucalyptus seed pods are like our bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that seed pod gets planted into the ground and then grows into something amazing, majestic, strong, wonderful. Um, And that's what we're going to be like. We are going to have bodies that will function the way they should have, the the way they were originally created to function. In the Garden of Eden. Yes, right. Just like that. So... We get, the, we get our new bodies, <laughs> which will be really great. See, sometimes I think when we think about heaven, we don't know how personal it's going to be. Mm. Okay? Mm. So I, I will be Elise and Charles. You will be Charles and we'll know each other and we'll be embodied, but we'll also be better. Somehow our bodies will be what they should have been mm. before the fall. Mm. And... That doesn't mean that we won't sleep or eat. All of those things, very uh, normal, natural, 
um, things that we do every day, we'll still do, but we will do them the way that they were meant to be done. Doesn't that sound great? It sounds wonderful to me. <laughs> Let me just tell people if they just joined us, you're listening to Haven Today, Elise Fitzpatrick, who has written the delightful book called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. Let, let, let me bring up something else. It, it, it's, it's something you mention in your book. You mention a New Testament scholar. He's, he's a friend of both of ours, and, and he used to live there in Escondido, where you live. But he talked about living between these two worlds. And I also recall the late John Stott also emphasized this theme. What does it mean to live between two worlds? The world we live in now and the world to come. When I read about resurrection, living, I read about it in the present tense and not just in the future tense, in especially Paul speaking about it. Yeah, and so as believers, we are tasting just tastes, but we are tasting what it is like to know every day that we are loved, that we're forgiven, that we have a hope and a future, and that we have the Holy Spirit enlivening us every day. And we have that so gloriously to know that we are forgiven, to know that we are counted completely righteous to know that we are adopted and have a hope and that the Holy Spirit indwells us and is transforming us in is fitting us for heaven <laughs> is fitting us for the etern- for eternity. However, all of that is true, but we still live in a sin cursed world <laughs> and my body is continuing to degenerate <laughs> and the world around me, I mean, if this last year has taught us anything, it's that creation is broken, Hmm. it's fallen. So we're living in this already, which is I already have Christ, but I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Hmm. Hmm. So, So I have this already, which I have by faith and believe, but it's not by sight. Hmm. So I'm living in the already and the not yet. I love that word that we translate groan, groaning. The creation groans for the return of Christ. And I think our bodies are groaning as well, not just the rest of creation. Right. I mean, every time I get up, (laughs) I stand up from a chair. It's like, it's getting worse. I don't know. know, We are, our bodies are broken and fallen. And let's, you know, we tend to, we, we don't want to hear that. You know, we want to find some magical something that's going to make nature, which is the creation, including our bodies, which is going to make it what it should have been. We won't get that. There isn't anything like that until Christ comes and remakes everything. Mm. Well, with that in mind, I want to say thank you. And I think we should pray. Because there's so many people, we talk to them here at the ministry, that are just struggling right now, especially in light of the pandemic. Would you lead us in prayer right now as for believers, as we get ready for each of our homegoings and these two phases you talked about? 
pray for us to get it and get it right and and share what's right with other people uh, before we are called home or Christ's return. Would you lead us in prayer? Certainly. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have um, loved us enough that you would send your son to live a perfect life in our place and to be subject to all the brokenness in this world, in this world, and then to die a substitutionary death in our place so that we could know we are forgiven for our sin. And then thank you for raising him from the dead and thank you for his ascension, which means that right now there is a man in heaven who is watching out for us, the King, the Lord Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We pray, Lord, that you would give us hearts, hearts that would have hope for all of those who are suffering today with loss or the fear of loss. Would you grant us hearts of hope that would believe that, in fact, you are holding all things in your hands and that you are uh, superintending and overseeing everything And that one day, even though it doesn't seem like it now, one day we will stand with you and give you thanks. Thank you, Lord, that you have promised that you will wipe away every tear. And that all sorrow and suffering and crying and loss will be gone. And that a day is coming when we will have perfect peace and joy. Help us to believe, God. Help us to get that and to live in the light of it, we pray every day. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Elise, as always, it's been a blessing. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Charles. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris at a program called Heaven on Earth, and that was Sovereign Grace and Come, Lord Jesus. Our world is full of so much that we don't like. 
things to make us afraid and trials and even loneliness. We often feel adrift and never at home. There's a longing for something more, something that makes us feel like we belong, something that resonates perfectly with who we were made to be. And as we just heard from my friend Elise Fitzpatrick, this longing is no small thing to be brushed off and cast aside. It's a guidepost letting us know we were made for another world. Earth is not our home, but it's close. What we long for is the new earth, the place God has been preparing for our eternity with him. And that's why I want you to read Elise's book called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. She explores heaven and the afterlife, demonstrating that our final destination is not some dull, featureless space in the clouds, but rather a perfected, brand new earth. It's a very real physical place that we will explore with real new resurrected bodies. A place of beauty and wonder, free of all death and decay, and full of true worship. I know this book will give you encouragement and hope as we yearn for Christ and the new world that he will one day remake. So why don't you call us right now? Make a gift to the ministry and ask for your copy of Home by Elise Fitzpatrick. Our number to call is 800 654 2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit us at haventoday.org and make your gift there. Our website, once again, is haventoday.org. And just before we go, we still have DVD copies of the feature film Risen. This entertaining yet faith-inspiring film about a Roman soldier on a mission to discover whether Jesus rose from the dead or not is a must-watch for you and those you know. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. There's an old hymn written in 1836 that speaks powerfully to our security as believers in the Lord. When all around my soul gives way, He then is all my hope and stay. Christ, the solid rock, an image of His strength to be sure. More than that for us, it is an image of protection. In the words of Psalm 11:1, we can flee to our mountain, our rock, like a sparrow in flight. Why? Because the Lord is our refuge. When the world around us breaks down, He remains. We go to Him when we need shelter, and we find Him always. His eye is on the sparrow, us, and we know He'll protect our souls. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.